Looking to part ways with complicated, expensive, and uncertain shipping? Then give your business the edge it needs with USPS Ground Advantage shipping from the United States Postal Service. Keep everything simple with clear upfront pricing and no unexpected surcharges. Keep things affordable with some of the lowest prices out there and keep it all reliable with on-time ground shipments. It's time to turn shipping to your advantage. Learn how at usps.com advantage. USPS Ground Advantage, simple, affordable, reliable. It's another Q&A edition of Optimal Finance Daily, episode 1614. And I'm your host and personal finance enthusiast, Diana Merriam. We're gonna change it up like I do about once a month or so and address some audience questions. A quick disclaimer though, just like all the content shared here, this is for informational and entertainment purposes only or infotainment, if you will. I'm not a certified financial planner and I encourage you to take my opinions with a grain of salt. And if you wanna send a question in to be answered here on the show, just send a message to finance at oldpodcast.com. But for now, let's get to today's questions and start optimizing your life. Our first question comes from Jessica, who says, my question is about HSAs and how to invest that money. More specifically, my husband and I recently opened an HSA through Lively, which gives us TD Ameritrade as our investment account. We've made deposits into the HSA and transferred $1,000 of it for now into TD Ameritrade. But now I don't know what to do. It looks like I have to pick the stocks I wanna buy and decide how many. Help, I have no idea what I'm doing here and it's certainly overwhelming to look at all the different prices and options. It all seems like a different language. Could you provide a little guidance on where to begin? Thanks so much for your question, Jessica, and congrats on opening an HSA. An HSA or health savings account is a fantastic investment vehicle that not enough people know about. You're eligible to open an HSA if you have a high deductible health insurance plan. And while it's designed to help you cover healthcare costs, the money you save in your HSA can also be invested. The cool thing about HSAs is that the money is invested pre-tax, it grows tax-free, and it can be used for eligible healthcare costs without paying taxes or penalties. Also, after age 65, you can use HSA funds for anything penalty-free. You'll just need to pay income tax on it, similar to any other tax-deferred retirement vehicle. So back to your specific question on how to invest your HSA. Let me share with you what I did. Every HSA provider has different rules, so I would first check if you have any requirements to keep a certain amount of your HSA liquid in the Lively account and not invested. I mention this because I was required to keep enough cash in my HSA to cover my health insurance deductible, and after that, I could invest the rest. Even if it's not a requirement, you might consider doing this just in case you have a need to tap into this account for medical expenses. If it's all invested, you could potentially have to sell some investments at a loss in the event you need to tap into this account. Next, remember that an HSA is just a vehicle for investment, just like your Roth IRA or 401k vehicles. I like to think of these vehicles as different buckets where I invest my money and the water in the bucket is the investment. For me personally, I have the same water in my various buckets, 
And that water is low fee total market index funds or ETFs. So when choosing the investment for my HSA, I looked at the options available that were the most similar to the Vanguard index funds that I have in my other vehicles. It looks like TD Ameritrade offers index funds and ETFs from both Vanguard and Fidelity. And there's a nice comparison tool through the TD Ameritrade website. So if I were you, I would look at the funds I'm investing in through my other vehicles and see if they're available through TD Ameritrade. I'd also Google ticker symbols for total market index funds and ETFs and use the TD Ameritrade comparison tool to look at the expense ratios for the options available to you through your HSA. We've talked on this show about VTSAX, which is Vanguard's total market index fund, and the ETF equivalent to that is called VTI, so that could be a good place to start for your research. I personally have my HSA invested in FZROX through Fidelity, which is a zero-fee total market index fund. I hope that helps, Jessica. Looking to part ways with complicated, expensive, and uncertain shipping? Then give your business the edge it needs with USPS Ground Advantage shipping from the United States Postal Service. Keep everything simple with clear upfront pricing and no unexpected surcharges. Keep things affordable with some of the lowest prices out there. And keep it all reliable with on-time ground shipments. It's time to turn shipping to your advantage. Learn how at usps.com advantage. USPS Ground Advantage. Simple, affordable, reliable. Our next question comes from Madison, who asks, should I keep contributing to my IUL or Index Universal Life Insurance? Background, my dad is a financial advisor with a specialization in retirement. When I was 23, about eight years ago, he had me sign some paperwork. He told me it was for insurance. Since my brother died at a very young age, my parents had life insurance policies for us since we were about 18. So I thought these papers were for my life insurance policy and relied, perhaps mistakenly, on my dad's recommendations. After all, he is my dad, and I certainly didn't know much or care about insurance at 18 years old. I'm 31 now and have always contributed a little amount to the IUL. Now that I've started doing my research, I'm worried about this as an investment tool. I have life insurance through work, so I know this isn't a primary life insurance policy. I make a decent six-figure salary and wonder if this index universal life insurance is worth writing out given that I've been contributing to it for eight years. Unfortunately, getting any information about this account is like pulling teeth. Is there a threshold I should have for either maintaining or abandoning this investment tool? Thanks so much for your question, Madison, and I totally understand how confusing it can be to make money moves after you've been locked into something for a while. I think the first thing to address is your comment about it being like pulling teeth to get any information on this insurance policy. Before you're going to be able to make a decision, you're going to need to understand more about this policy. If I were you, I'd call the insurance company and ask for the original insurance contract any riders that were added, and the annual statements they have available. William from our Facebook group commented on your question saying, quote, so much of the answer to your question really depends on the quality of the policy and the funding level of the policy. Knowing things like the cash value, 
the insurance coverage, the fees and interest rates associated with features of the policy, like a loan against the cash value, the specifics of how the policy indexing works, such as is there a cap on investment returns, and any riders that might exist. This will all go into the determination of whether you would be better off canceling the policy, maintaining the policy at current contribution levels, or perhaps even overfunding it, end quote. Frank from our Facebook group also weighed in and said, quote, the biggest question is when you can stop contributing to it without it lapsing and perhaps causing a taxable event. That is often the best course when you've had something for a while, but this information should be available from the company in the form of an updated illustration and the annual statements, end quote. At the risk of insurance salespeople coming at me, For the large majority of us, insurance products aren't great investment vehicles. So I can see why you would wanna look into this further. It sounds like you don't have any dependents, which is the main reason I see for having life insurance in the first place, to support your dependents in the event of your untimely death. Indexed universal life insurance policies are extremely complex, and the people who sell them typically are highly trained salespeople that make fantastic commissions off these products. If I were you, I'd get the information from the insurance company and hire a flat fee advisor to dig further into the policy for the best course of action. If you've been using Mint to manage your finances, I've got some bad news. Mint is shutting down. But now for the good news. There's a better alternative. Our sponsor, Monarch Money. Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it. Maybe you're saving for a down payment, a wedding, a dream vacation, your kid's college. I found that Monarch makes it so easy to help you reach your financial goals, whatever they are. I definitely wouldn't be able to allocate my finances or plan as clearly without help from Monarch. In fact, Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com OFD. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com OFD. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com OFD for your extended 30-day free trial. Well, I hope you enjoyed another Q&A edition of Optimal Finance Daily. If you have a question you'd like addressed on the show, go ahead and send it over to finance at oldpodcast.com. I hope you have a great rest of your day and I'll see you tomorrow where I'll be back narrating your favorite authors and where your optimal life awaits.